Adios, bitch. Uh, it's Adios. Hello, my children. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, death. Oh, death. Oh, The Crossroads Year in Review Show. Everybody and welcome to Supernatural The Crossroads. I'm your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me today, as always, is Ryan Denton <gasps> and Michael Flores. Hey! <laughs> and today we are discussing Season 13 as a whole in our year-end review, where we will be discussing the overall seasons, some of the positives, some of the negatives, and what we thought of the season as a whole. We've mm-hmm. got things such as our favorite episodes, best writers and directors this season, and just analyzing the entire thing now that it is done, seeing what worked, what didn't, and where we are now. With the first season of Dab Under the Belt, we had some expectations going into this one. Were they met or not? Now, it's no secret that we have mixed feelings about this season. I think anybody who's been listening this year knows that. Uh, And last season, we gave Dab, I think, a fair amount of leeway because... We understood where he was coming from. It was the end of a massive arc Mm -hmm. with the apocalypse, with God finally showing up. One of the biggest ones. One of the biggest ones the show's ever had, if not the second biggest compared to the apocalypse. And we had characters taken off the board. We had new ones that had to be placed. And the analogy we were always using was setting up the chess pieces, setting up the pieces and the dominoes for where we're going to be going moving forward with Dab as showrunner. So we had a lot of times where we were like, all right, we can see why this didn't work, but we're going to be moving towards something different. This is going to be part of the story for future seasons. We were very understanding. We were very, that, thank you. That's a good way to say it. We were very understanding. We now, did an entire episode dedicated to explaining what he was doing right. last year. Right. Oh, yeah. Trying we did, to fill huh? in some of the questions that people had at that time and why certain things were done the way they were. Now, with this season, that with 12 under the belt, we kind of had different thoughts going into this. And it started out. I think everyone here can agree. It started out very strong. Oh yeah, for sure. It had a clear direction, a clear purpose. It knew where it was going. It felt consistent and it felt like it was building towards something. Absolutely. And which it did, but that had a lot to do with the end of season 12 and with the deliberate midway point for season 13, the last five or so episodes of 12 is when it really got a lot of the moving things that we had been waiting about and and speculating on what would Mm -hmm. end up being the major myth arc where would we go from here that part came to an end and then we had jack being introduced the catalyst for all things of season 13 and 
it was a very interesting way he was brought about. It did great stuff for the story. It also gave us a brand new set of interactions for the core characters of Sam and Dean and arguably Castiel later. It did a lot to rejuvenate the show and not to say that we that we were running on fumes with Sam and Dean, right. but giving that shot of adrenaline by introducing Jack at the tail end of last year and using him as a, as a mainstay for this season helped bring the show back to a, a more focused narrative, something a little different. It had a lot of similarities to Castiel and it worked. It helped keep the, the opening half of the season very strong. It gave us another character to focus on. And, and I know that Sometimes that, that that's didn't not, distract. Yes. Sometimes that's not a good thing, but this was definitely a good thing. Yeah. And it's something that adds a different dynamic this late into the show. Right. To the life of the show. Yep. To have this unknowable power, this unknown character who's naive and the entire concept of nature versus nurture and where is that going to go for the show as a whole? What can it say about our characters and what how they interact with mm-hmm. this kind of environment? And then the second biggest thing was that we were moving towards the second attempt at a spinoff with Wayward Sisters being the backdoor pilot of the mid-season premiere. And with that, as a direct route, somewhere they had to go by a certain amount of time, whether you liked the idea of Wayward Sisters or not. And that's the the key word, Thomas, is whether you liked it or not. Because that's not the point. You have to have an objective look at that. And Wayward Sisters may not be your thing, but it did do a lot of good to help keep the first half of the season very focused and tight. Yep. There was that that goal. There was that point that we that the writers were had to say we have to have everything set up and ready to rock by this episode and we need to intertwine the stories. We got to intertwine the story of Jack with mm-hmm. Kaya, make things make sure things mesh together, have their end game the same as the main shows in game yep. and sync it together. And I, for the most part, it worked. It kept the, the first half of the season very, very strong. Well, because we only have 10 episodes to introduce a number of new characters, a number of new problems, deal with the characters that have survived the previous events and how ours are going to interact and introduce new characters for an entirely different concept that has to run parallel. 10 episodes isn't really a lot. So you have to be economic with your page space and what you're going to say in yeah. each episode. Perfect and, way to say it. And as you said, it kept them focused the second half of the season, however, we it's, it's arguably where that started, but definitely after breakdown. At some point, the season kind of fell apart a little bit. And in at least in my, I think I speak for everyone in the room, but at least in my opinion, felt started to feel too much like fan fiction and fan service. More than Supernatural yeah. has ever done. And that's not to say that we have a problem with fan fiction, because... Th- that's just the the fan fiction has its own charm because it is fan fiction. It's the whole point of it. Yeah. The, the biggest difference between the two is that fan fiction traditionally involve has fans writing characters that they want to see in the story, regardless of whether or not it makes sense from a narrative standpoint. Often you have characters you want to hear and want to see interacting with one another. However, sometimes this ignores or damages character arcs entirely. Because it is a fan fiction. It's almost like separate standalone stories, like Star Wars Legends at some point, where it's just something fun to have, but it right. doesn't exactly fit into the main story. But when you're writing for television or any medium, really, you should not be involving characters in situations that do not have a direct impact on the narrative due to the choices they make or the inter- the encounters they face. Yeah. Now, Thomas, just to back you up on that, 
fan fiction, if you want to do a fan fiction episode or a fan service episode once or twice a season. That's fine. That's nothing new. Kripke's been doing yeah. it, I think, since season two. Yeah. There's been those fun so, yeah. episodes that's kind of a love letter to the fans. That's not a new idea. But when you dedicate the second half of a season, uh, and if you want to include what the apocalypse world kind of turned into, you can't dedicate an entire season to what fans want because fans aren't right. writers. And I'm including us in that. Like, yes, we understand what the ins and outs of writing, but we're not in that writing room and they shouldn't listen to us. They should know their story and not have to listen to the streets. They don't need to put yes. their ear to the streets and say, well, the word is uh, this is what they really want. And that's what yeah. we're saying. Whenever we say ignore the fans, we're not saying don't regard what we have to say in any way and, and tell us to screw off. But don't base your story around our feedback. Right. Your story should be in place already. Mm -hmm. And, and it, how we react to it, good or bad, just is. And just to add to that, Thomas, um, I've heard straight from showrunners' mouths that you never listen to social media. You just no. don't. And sometimes you need to stay away because you don't realize sometimes subconsciously yep. uh, it's going into your head. It's going to poison you. And he says a good writer who understands he, a good writer understands the climate of the fan base and will deliver what the fans want. The showrunner of a show should be in tune with the bulk of the fans, and he shouldn't have to listen to social mm -hmm. media or go to social media. Yep. And uh, that's uh, and I agree with you. That's something. It's not just you because you said it might be just you saying that this feels yeah. like fan service. And there was the second half of the season fell apart because it felt like they were making room. The idea of Asmodeus being killed off, Gabriel being brought in, yep. it felt like it That's turned fan fiction. they took something viable like Asmodeus and turned him into something that could bring back a character that didn't even need to be around and did nothing for the story. And, and then in the end, literally went out exactly that way. Yeah. And in all our years of watching Supernatural, Thomas and Ryan, in all our years, there has never been these types of mistakes even mm -hmm. some of the go-to making fun seasons, like we people love to make fun of the gamble era, particularly right. particularly season seven. Right. But even in our worst seasons, Nothing we never like had this. issues like this, where no. there were characters that literally have no point well, to the show. Yeah, I think you we'll go off a little topic here for just a minute. You know what? Let's introduce Avi to the show. We have a special guest today as. A special treat for everybody. We actually have a fan, AV, who has pledged a number on Patreon that you guys, if you're interested, can be as part of as well. She's actually going to be on the show today hosting with us. We're going to go, be going to her feedback and her opinion as well. Get a little bit of our own fan thoughts brought into this episode besides just our discussion. Right. And that's why I'm so excited about having AV on the show, because just to have someone who's not in this room all the time with us to see what their general thoughts are and to see if we're in sync Mm -hmm. with the bulk of the audience as well. Hello, A.V. Hi, Mike. All right. So at any point, we may just go over to you and ask you what you think. Like, hey, what do you think? Or just butt in. <laughs> oh, we're going to pull up. But don't do an Abaddon yeah, on us. We're going to pull just, an Abaddon. Yeah, don't do an Abaddon on us and be like, well, what do you think when we ask you a question? <laughs> because you've never watched Supernatural and you have no idea what the show's about. Now, <laughs> callback from yeah. four years ago. Wow. Wow. Really? That's four years ago? Holy shit. Yeah. Maybe right. three, maybe three. Anyway, to go off a little on a tangent, as you said, Ryan, exists solely for that. Asmodeus no. existed for fun, frankly. What was his point? He did not open the portal with, he didn't, or he brought back Gabriel. Right. Okay, so what point did Gabriel serve? 
to kill Asmodeus because he didn't open the portal. Lucifer did. He didn't even introduce the Archangel Blade because Asmodeus did. He didn't help the Winchesters because A and B I just referenced. And it wasn't even to wrap up a previous plot point such as the cult or alpha vampire that were open before. I just feel like it's such a missed opportunity to bring in such a cool, I thought was a cool character. Mm. Someone who had some depth, someone who was different in, in a, in a few different ways, but like visually distinct, right. And how I, he acted, how he interacted. I mean, just setting aside the coolness of him. Cause yeah. yes, I mean, Absolutely it, he's cool. a great character, but let's set aside what we liked about him and just yeah. look at what they were supposed to do with him and how he fizzled to literally nothing and had no bearing on the story because yeah. even the Shadim he, in, he introduced never happened. His manipulation of Jack never, never happened. happened. His revenge on Lucifer never, never happened. happened. Lucifer, His absorption of Gabriel's powers to be more powerful never happened. Re- it's not relevant. Nothing that he, you can literally take Asmodeus, Gabriel, out of the, out of the season. Or let's go back and do a director's cut, if you will. Mm-hmm. Take them out of the show. And you would not you miss nothing. you. You would lose nothing. Yeah. And you cannot say that about any other season, even season 12, even season 12 did not have issues like that. Yeah. yeah. AV, do you have thoughts on that? No, I mean, I totally agree. Okay. And I just, I couldn't tell cause you coughed. I didn't know if you were trying to say, Hey guys, <laughs> let me uh, jump in here. I'm ready. <laughs> no. And, and unfortunately, Mike, you're right. It's not just Asmodeus or Gabriel, though. We see this with the angel Joe. Yeah. We see this with Ketch to some degree, ultimately because he never interacts with Mary, the one character that would have given him the redemption he was seeking. Yeah, it was strange. It's very strange. And I don't want to harp on negativity too much. But right. but you have characters like Asmodeus, Gabriel, the angel Joe, and even Ketch. That mm-hmm. just you and I, and I hurts me to say this, and this is me taking my fanboyness away for a moment because I fucking love Catch. Like, oh, he, I know you do. He is such a badass Literally. character, dude. He's so dope. He's he's very different than any other character we've had in Supernatural in thirteen years, which is very rare, by the way. Right. To have someone totally different. Um, but even him, you, you just kind of scratch your head. I'm like, why bring him back? He didn't do anything. Yeah. Especially he didn't for him even, to be written off in the final episode. Is oh, he's off doing Catch things. Whatever the fuck that means. I would have been okay if they would have just slightly connected him to the story, but he didn't even have any bearing on the ending. If -mm. they would have connected him slightly to Mary, let's say they had, let's say Mary was in a bind at the end, like the last minutes of the episode, and he came in and saved her, right? Right, right. Right. That would have made his whole entire story for this season have a purpose, and it would have taken all of 30 seconds to do something like that. But instead, there's not even that connection that you introduced him in the show. Right, because the way they introduced him was in the way that he feels guilty for how he treated Mary and how he treated the Winchesters. And there was never any resolve there. Not just that, but he he doesn't even serve a plot point throughout the rest of the season until then because he ultimately frees Gabriel, who doesn't matter. I mean, uh, Jen in the chat room says uh, the same could be said about Kevin, Bobby, Zachariah, Charlie. Zachariah is a a guest spot. He's he's just there to show that he's a minion soldier. Yeah, uh, Charlie, absolutely. Yes. Um, Kevin, I would also say, did have a purpose. He's the one who introduced the idea of the spell that could open the portal to other universes. Uh, If That's the only reason why I'm okay with that. And that's how you do it. If you want to bring a character back, it doesn't take a lot. It takes just a simple brain power and say, you know what? 
let's make sure this character is going to have true bearing on the effects of the season. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm okay with Kevin, because he did. He also not only did he come up with the spell, but he also created an emotional arc for for Jack. Jack. So that's why I'm good with Kevin. Whereas you look at Joe, Charlie, and even Bobby and Ketch, you're Bobby just like, really is, what, what did they do? Like, what did they actually do for the show? Bobby's really only there and only really makes sense in season 12 to show that this is the same but different universe for us. Because he's not an independent leader. He's not very different than the Bobby we know. Especially when you look at season 12, he feels different. Yeah. And in season 13, by the end of this season, he feels like our Bobby again. Like, he just... We just replaced him with a doppelganger. Yeah, and that's another disappointment that I had. I'm like, if you're going to bring Bobby back from another universe, he needs to be different as well. Yeah, yeah. He needs to have a big purpose, right, Ryan? Yep. And he needs to be different because well, this is a different world. Different life is, is a series of chain mm-hmm. reactions. And every time something happens differently in your life, you react differently. And right. Bo- Bobby just felt like Bobby again. I was like, that's kind of a shame. Well, that was the, that was my big thing when I even mentioned it, like a couple, you know, when we first got him back, I was like, I want Bobby, but I don't want the same one. I want someone different. I want, he's from a different world. I want something, maybe a few similarities, but to the most part, he's got to be different. Every person that we've seen come from the other world is different in some shape or form. Well, see, and that's yeah. the thing is that it, that's one of the things that, is unfortunately weaker with that the apocalypse concept because not only does it take a serious backseat for most right. of the season, but it does it has shifting ideas from episode to episode when we see it. Mm. When it very first starts, it's a different place. It's this bombed out hellscape with different looking demons and a very different Bobby. Then as the season moves on, the more times we visit it, it's the same place, just with humans living in the woods. Bobby's this more militant and has no Mm -hmm. bearing towards us, doesn't care about us. By the end of the season, now he's family and he's the same Bobby. Some vessels are very different and some people are very different. Rufus is a gun (laughs) at the end of season 12. And then later at the end of season 13, Castiel and Charlie are the, Castiel's the same vessel. Charlie's the same person. Yeah. And and you know what? It doesn't stay consistent. Even the Castiel thing, because I would even be okay with that because that's a one and done thing. It doesn't really make a lot of sense why he would have a German Nazi voice when yeah. he's also when he's when he's obviously in the United States his vessel is Jimmy Novak unless Jimmy Novak was obsessed with Nazi paraphernalia. <laughs> like It makes no sense for him to be a Nazi for some reason. Yeah. Like, but, but I would be okay with that because it was a one and done in the episode arc. It was kind of fun. I love seeing Misha do different stuff because I personally, I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about that but i'm on the side that misha collins is a fun actor he does lots of cool little things here and there um but it but those types of things it's just just a lot of things that just didn't really make sense from uh and i hate to say a reality standpoint but i guess grounded in in grounded in the reality they've established yeah um yeah. and the season felt a little bit like um and this sounds bad i guess but it sound, felt like a, a poorly written book with minimal detail mm-hmm. and the reason why i say that and the reason why this analogy even came to me was because this past weekend i was talking to my mom about writing uh she reads books from her, her cousin that started writing and i've written manuscripts throughout the years and she was talking about how her cousin sucks as a writer and I said, well, mom, that's pretty harsh. I'm like, explain to me, because you know me. I'm mm-hmm. like, don't troll. Tell me why you don't like it. I do that with my mom, too. I'm like, mom, tell me why you don't like it. Don't tell me it just sucks. <laughs> and she explains it. She says, well, it feels like she's all, you know, she's all, let me give you an example. 
let's say you're reading a West. She, she writes Western, she said. So let's say there's a scene in the book where you walk in and there's a horse and a, a cowboy in the barn. Well, she will literally write just that. The cowboy man walks into the barn and he sees his horse. And then the scene is done in the book. Whereas if you look at a writer like Neil Gaiman or Stephen King or any writer mm-hmm. worth his salt would add so much more detail, the smell, right. the aroma, the so atmosphere. Is it dark? Is it well lit? Right. They would add so much more detail Does to the that barn scene. have any soul of its own and feel alive or is it dead and been abandoned for years? Right. Basically like my soul. Right. <laughs> and that's how I liken this season to it had some it was almost like an outline that they didn't flesh out. It's Mary is stuck in apocalypse world. Mary and Lucifer meet Michael. Jack can open the portal. Jack finds Kaya. Jack crosses over. Sam and Dean find a spell that can open up the portal without Jack, rendering Jack's abilities pointless. (laughs) Dean says yes to Michael and Lucifer dies. The end. That is the fact that you can wrap up the, the myth arc the entire season with six bullet points. That's a problem. Yeah. And again, go back to season seven, which is arguably one of the worst seasons uh, comp- when you take the consensus from a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. And season seven d- doesn't have these types of issues. Season seven was well written. I just yeah. didn't agree with the with the with the. It the faps dr- about too much. Yes, that's all. It but has. you can't look at that season and say, "Yeah, gamble sucks." Like right. to me, you you go back and you just see all these these issues with the show, and it's just it's just disappointing because even though we're kind of harping it doesn't leave the episode without its moments and that's the reason why this show always manages to to finish with a bang because of the jensen the jared moments the yep. misha kala moments even now jack uh alexander yeah. cal calvert calvert yeah you add him now as the fourth and these actors have so much charisma and they do so well on screen that it always manages to capture you and you if you ever take them out of the equation then Let's, you have a problem. You have a problem. And that's always what the highlight is. And honestly, that's what kind of saved the season it for me. It keeps bringing you back because they're so good at what they do. Yeah. And and ultimately, um, I think we should probably move into our, our, award, our award part. But there is some highlights. And that's what we're going to get into when we start discussing our, our, end, our year-end awards that we're going to not be giving out. They're just uh, <laughs> verbal, verbal awards. Verbal accolades, right, Thomas? Right. The yep. most important kind. Verbal pats on the back. <laughs> that's, and, and, that's the only kind that we need to give out And nowadays. that's why this is going to be fun. We can't afford trophies. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, no. Absolutely and, and not. honestly, does Barron's really want one from us? No, he's like, Ooh, who the fuck is it would be a turd. Hey, Barron's, give me your uh, mailing address. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I, got a, I got an award for you, bro. I got something I want to send you. Jesus. I'll let you, I'll let you figure it out what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so as we go through our... 2018, 2017, 2018 <laughs> awards. <laughs> so that's how you're going to save that? Yes. You're going to save it that way? That's smart. We're going to discuss why these are the top episodes, right. why these are the top writers, top directors, top lore. We're also going to bring that into it as well. Um, and also, what else is, is VIP we, of the season? And VIP of the season. And we're going to discuss why each one was so good. And that's where we're really going to get positive and, and talk more about the pros. Um, because there are some great moments. There are some great episodes, honestly. And with that being said, hopefully with next year, with season 14 coming up and 
the the only good thing you can take about perhaps from Wayward Sisters not getting picked up is that with the show not having to worry about a spinoff, ideally the theoretically they will have to they won't have to worry about those additional players and the additional threats being set up on another realm that's not directly correlated to the main narrative. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be a little more focused and feel tighter going into season four. Because ultimately that does turn into one of my problems is um, you had. The yeah. season 13 was so strong at the front, but it, it in really, hindsight now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that's why I was such an advocate for Wayward Sisters being picked up. Not only did I like the concept, but the fact that the first half, the first, no, the first half almost first of half, the season uh, was kind of dedicated to setting that up. Now the the Wayward Sisters isn't being picked up. It's kind it of leaves a lot of plot holes and, and unnecessary just pointless story stuff. Yeah, yeah. Pointless story. And that's, and that kind of sucks. And I'm sure that's why Barons and maybe even dab were a little disappointed. Like shit. Yeah. We spent so much of the season gearing that up. Yeah. I, I, I know I if I was be, a writer, I'd be so pissed. They took a gamble. They did take a gamble with this and, um, unfortunately it didn't pay off, but yeah. hopefully moving into next year, they'll be able to, um, kind of focus just on their own story now, not yeah. have to worry about a, a spinoff. And if they do do a spinoff, they need to make sure it's just, it has it's, to be um, their absolute best. It, 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 no more backdoor pilots at this point. No. No, you have to just give use us a, a different pilot. motive and means of board. transportation. Yeah, we talk about that in a Patreon special, actually. Yeah. And now that we are in Helatus, guys, if you are interested in any of the other stuff that we have, we have all kinds of things throughout the summers. Here's a quick little list of some of the things we're going to be doing. We have programming all summer long to get you through the Helatus months. We've got the Mystery Spot 3000. We're going to be doing a Bloodlines Take 2. Yeah. Which we'll find, we'll figure, we'll let details about that Brian's get there like as we that. get closer. Oh, like that oh one. boy. We've got the cinematography of Supernatural starting up. And that's well, hold just, on. You got to talk about regular show and Patreon show. Right. The Bloodlines is just a regular show for the summer. If you are a listener and you're not a member of Patreon, you will still get access to that. If you guys head on over to Patreon for just $2 a month, you'll get access to the cinematography of Supernatural. That's going to be starting here relatively soon this month. Then if you guys go up to the $10 video cast tier, we are going to be doing the Supernatural Season 1 retrospectives. We've got, we're about 16 episodes in to Season 1. So we've got well, you can, they five. Can, they can go back. So you have the Supernatural yes. uh, Hell House is what we actually we have Shadow. Shadow coming is out. coming up. We're recording that later today. Yeah. Shadow Hell House and then episode 18. Uh, then we have the Charlie Initiative Crossroad Bonus, which is replacing the Wayward Sisters edition because obviously Wayward Sisters got removed. No longer a thing. But we're still giving at least a bonus Crossroads discussion under that five dollar tier option to replace the now defunct Wayward Sisters show. So the Charlie initiative, because Thomas, we always go back and forth about Charlie, her importance. There's a lot of people out there that don't think we like her, which is completely false. That's not mm-hmm. true. That's completely false. We love her. Um, so we're going to go into the pros of Charlie and we're titling that the Charlie initiative. Then we have another episode of the cinematography tier. Then we have free regular show. Poor one for the homies. <laughs> yeah. Top five characters we miss. That's going to be painful. That doesn't one. necessarily mean we want Dab to bring him back either. Yeah, so if Dad, if you listen to that one, I will. F- don't you fucking do it. He's, I like this. Pull one out for the homies. I'm going to listen to this show for yeah, sure. Yeah, then he's going to. Then he's going to. I like this on Twitter anymore. <laughs> fucking. Dude. And then we're going to have uh, San Diego Comic Con updates, which will happen around uh, late June, early July. Yep. Then we're going to go back into our video cast discussions, uh, and then we have another bonus discussion: Supernatural in lore we trust, top lore moments we must return to, followed by a season eight Carver wins. 
Then we have Operation Andrew Dab, <sighs> which is going to be a regular show discussion for Helatus that'll be geared about. It'll be geared all around Dab. Hit the pros and cons of Andrew Dab. What His he does style, right. What he's done right. What yeah. he's done wrong. What worked and didn't for various reasons and more of an analysis of him as a showrunner overall now that we've got two seasons under his belt we can kind of see what he's his style is like then as we get into august the end of the month we've got more cinematography from supernatural we're going to wrap up the season one retrospective review and again as mike said all of those if you're on the video cast here you can get access to it's not like they're on a timetable and you'll lose them and then we've got Barron's Best Crossroad Bonus, where yeah. we're going to be going into Robert mm. Barron's as a writer, one of our favorites on the show, easily one of the most capable, I think, at this point. We'd blow him. We'd blow him. Yeah. Well, you, maybe. I might blow I'd blow him. I'd watch. There we go. <laughs> you're a talent sexual. Yeah, that's right. And if you're a fan of Supernatural, <laughs> head on over to Patreon. That's a new thing. Ryan, don't look at me like that. You yeah. know it sounds right. You'll figure it out. Go to <laughs> Patreon and you'll be in the know what a talent sexual is. I okay. think we all are. It basically, I think we all are. Ryan said he would go gay for nameless characters or characters that he loves and yeah, writers that's, that's that he loves. That's a good point. Yeah. It's people you would go gay cool. for. It's people you'd <laughs> bang just based list. on talent alone. Everyone's got a list, bro. It's whatever. <laughs> all right. So that's going to be all coming this summer. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're getting into our top five episodes of season 13. The latest is a bitch. To Hell with the Latest doesn't stop with the free broadcast. Sign up for the Supernatural Videocast and receive additional discussions all summer long. The latest is a bitch. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. He showed his dick okay. in the show, like, and it kind of like caught me off guard. And his dick was small, and it immediately made me not like him. <laughs> <laughs> Is that superficial? It is. That's so definition. But, but why, though, Thomas? Why? Because I'm not gay. I don't like dick. So I don't therefore, like it should men. have any bearing. Exactly. So I'm baffled as to why it bothers me. I, I feel like it has to do with coolness. Like, hey, you're cool, so you need to have a big dick. Do you view all of us as, like, giant... With giant dicks? You better, or else I'm not going <laughs> to like you anymore. <laughs> That's why I was disappointed by th- when Thomas said he was 6.9. I'm like, oh, Thomas, I like you. Now I kind of don't like you. <laughs> But then I saw that he was working with some girth, and I was like, all right, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Amy's all, are you kidding? 6.9, I'd kill for that. <laughs> no. Her husband's listening. <laughs> Fucking bitch! <laughs> for more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Have you missed an episode of DC on CW? If you have, this is what you've missed. Yeah. Sure, son. And story over. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And scene. <laughs> Fuck, we're gonna need like thirty-five more minutes of cape shit. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> wow. Would that no. have been a doozy of an episode? Tell you what. <laughs> Why didn't they just do that? Training montage cape. Throw my cape now. Try to get some bad guys down on the ground and throw them up into the air and knock someone out. Really good on the improv. <laughs> I am beyond impressed right now. I know. Good Damn. job. Good <laughs> job. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, I, uh, that would have been. <laughs> I don't even know what to do now. I feel like we're done. Well, I think over. Done. Bye, guys. Have a good night. Mike, I got the next promo. <laughs> 
Don't miss DC on CW every week on Rain Man Digital, covering topics from Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Supernatural, The Crossroads, RMD Premium. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge. We have various tier options for everyone's budget. $1, $2, $5, $10 options. That's right. Video casts, five-minute discussions, 10-minute discussions, bonus Supernatural discussions. You want it, we have it. Lore discussions, right, Thomas? Lore whores. Absolutely. Whore. We're all lore whores, a little bit. Yeah. We don't have everything. There's no penis cams yet. I, there's people that are advocates for that, but I just don't think it's ever going to happen. It won't happen. Yeah. Unless we go like porn, you know, porn right. don't, Never say never, guys. $400 <laughs> tier. <laughs> I'll pull my dick out for I'll $400. I'll make a bucks. special video for them for $400. I will, bucks. <laughs> I will pull that bad boy out. Yeah. So patreon.com slash Rainman. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30. Because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. Have you missed an episode of Supernatural The Crossroads? Catch up on all our discussions. Just search Supernatural The Crossroads on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find it on the RMD app. Just search Rain Man Digital from your iTunes app store or Google Play. The latest. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Supernatural: The Crossroads to Hell with the latest season thirteen retrospective review as a whole. Now we're going to be talking about our top five episodes as a show. These were the five episodes that we collectively agreed upon were the best of this season. We have a few that we we agreed with for the most part. I think yeah, the top we pretty- four we were all in agreement with. Well, we take a, a consensus and we right. go with whichever one's voted for the most. And yeah. then the fifth one, ultimately, we all agreed on. However, we had a few personal opinions that might have been a little bit different. But I think we just can, slight. I was actually surprised we that close. all of us it had at least. Close, dude. I think we had four matching. Mm-hmm. Which had I was four surprised because last season we had to spend a lot of time figuring out. If you remember, we went back and forth for two days yeah. trying to figure out our top five. But with this season. I believe, except for one ep, four, 
four out of five episodes we had agreed on agreed upon yeah it was very easy and there was one wild card for each of us yeah and it's gonna be interesting to see what av uh says when we talk about our top five to see how uh how in sync we are with with our listeners do we want to go one down to five or because that one's the different one or five up to one. Let's do, yeah, least favorite All to right. the best, right? So, so yeah, well, I think are you, so. Do you want to do it that way or do we, because we had five was the one we were different with. So maybe we start at one and work our way down and then we have like our. We'll do the five I, 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 we agreed I'm on. Good with whatever, however you guys want to do it. I guess, you guys, it really I guess we can figure though. this out on the air because we're very professional. I yes. Fuck we're we're going to go five down to one and then we'll talk about the one that we had differently after the fact. So number five for well, us. Hold on. Hold on, oh. Thomas. Jesus. Oh, Christ, we gotta have Thomas. some pomp and circumstance here. Oh, do we? Yeah. Circum- Never. Hold on. <laughs> the Crossroads top five episodes of the season are. Wow. Holy shit. There you go, Thomas. Take us away. Number five. Episode 19, Funeralia. This episode, we all relatively agreed on, and it became the number five choice, and it was a tough one, but this one worked for so many different reasons, primarily seeing Rowena go through her character arc and seeing that kind of come to... Such a good episode. Really, this is where it came to a close. Yes, she made that ultimate decision to help the brothers keep the portal open, but it was the events of this episode that led her down this path. Seeing Billy and Death confront Rowena when she's souped up on power, seeing her tell Rowena that Crowley's not coming back, and seeing Rowena actually care about something that wasn't herself right. for once. And you know what huge. else I noticed with this episode is that she really is, and she's very unique and different. She's not like Crowley, but she's like a Crowley extension. Yeah. And I feel like it works with Mark Shepard leaving the show and having her there to almost it like fills kind of, that gap a little bit, doesn't it? And it feels it works because sometimes when you replace characters, which essentially that's what they did this right. season with her. Yeah, there was. Well, they did that with a couple different characters. Yeah. So but primarily it was but yes, it feels her. right and it works and you're not going to get fans all up in arms. Oh, you're replacing our Crowley. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of slipped right into that role. Yes, it's kind of a different angle. But it's still but very similar. But the mannerisms similar. and the w- chuckles we get and how she interacts with the brothers or with Castiel. The uneasy alliance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That one felt great. I think the only thing that really brought this down a little bit was not even the angels as a whole, but the resurrection of Naomi that felt uh, out right. of place. Are we talking about negative again here? I'm just saying Thomas, it's the only thing. Wrong with That's us. why this one was the, the one that we had to defi- decide on. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I really liked it, but let me shit on it real fast. You know, too. I really like this, but uh, this one thing. Fuck this one thing, man. You, you yeah. never never do an Oscar speech. You'd be like, hey, you no, know I what? Won't. Uh, Alec were, Baldwin, come on up. You were great. You're pretty good, except for that one part where you shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> now, Amy, do you agree with this assessment of Funeralia being one of the top five of the yep, season? What was your opinion on it? It was actually my number two. Oh, really? Oh. Why number two? Yeah. The um the the ending with Rowena and the boys, I think that was probably one of the most impactful yeah. scenes yeah. of almost the whole season of them sit, all sitting on the floor together because you never see them just sitting on it's the floor. a lot, yeah. yeah. And the fact that they came down to her level because she obviously was mm-hmm. so broken she couldn't stand up. I mean, it was just it was Almost perfection. I can't Ooh, disagree yeah. with that assessment at all. Actually, that's yeah, probably that was, one of the yeah. best scenes is that ending bit. Everything connected to Rowena and that storyline was 
was on point. And I yeah. know you brought up Naomi and I wasn't trying to shit on you, Thomas. No, I know. But you, that's why I put this as number five for me as well. Yeah. Because it, it was, was that, just Rowena, that story in this episode. Yeah. Absolutely. It'd yeah. be higher than five. See, I didn't mind the angel storyline at all. I, I think the reason why Thomas had an issue with it, and I guess I'm going to speak for you, Thomas, for a moment, mm-hmm. because you and I You're are usually, right. we're yeah. usually in sync with each other. Yeah, um, you guys are basically blow each other. Yeah, it's um, it's because she's another character that just didn't need to come back. There was no reason. We had four yes. other angels Duma, that we were already introduced to. Duma could have done that job that she did. Duma could have done that. And it doesn't make a lot of sense because Naomi wasn't even a well-liked character. Like, mm-hmm. people love Amanda Tapping, but I remember people complaining about the character Naomi. of Naomi during season Torturing eight. Castiel. Yeah. Who likes that? Yeah. I like. Maybe that was the point, though. Perhaps. Yeah. Could have been. And we'll see what they do with her in the next season to see if that really becomes worth it. Was that the point or was it just dabbed? Ooh, oh, bitch, you, you decide. <laughs> 2018, you decide. I mean, 2017. 2016. <laughs> Just going to keep going backwards. <laughs> All right. So I think that brings us to number four now. Do we have another entry? Thomas, let me produce the show. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> you, know, you know what? Jesus Christ, you are the worst. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Where's my music? I'm about to get up and open up the envelope for the uh, yeah. best of. Oh my God. <laughs> Thomas is the worst. He's pretty bad, dude. <laughs> Go ahead, Thomas. You're welcome. Number four, episode 17, The Thing. This one for us. I'm going to play Thomas off. Okay. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Academy. <laughs> oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> this one we all loved so much about what they did with the characters of the monster lore. And this one was a big thing. Seeing loved it. Yokoth yeah. and Glithir, seeing that Lovecraftian element finally come to life more than just implied in season six. This was my number one. This was your number oh, was one. It? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, okay, but, but so I was okay with, I was okay with, here's the thing. This is, and I'm going to say this now, our top five, no matter where they were arranged, I still think we're all on the same oh, page yeah. as far as like, these are the top five best episodes. I don't, I hate ranking them because I feel like an asshole. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. typically <laughs> sure. like if, 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 and I had told you guys like my my four and five were a little bit mm-hmm. different. So I was okay with, you know, these being in the top five. And I think we were pretty good with, but this was my number one. I Why think, was this your number one? What about this? Well, made let's, it? let's do that at the end. Because yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I just wanted to bring that up. I didn't, yeah. I wasn't Yo- going to elaborate Yoko until later. And Glithier as a concept were awesome. Seeing them, seeing catch and Asmodeus interact in this episode was perhaps the highlight, I think, when we were discussing it for all of us. Seeing Asmodeus as such a different, more violent and brutal character than Crowley. He wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. He was tearing into everything that Ketch wanted to be and saw him for what he is. That entire idea that you can't come back from redemption at a certain point is very it's very personal, very true to life. We feel like so many times we can't there's no way we could go back and nothing will ever be the same. And Asmodeus preys on that with Catch. But seeing that actor, seeing Catch go through this transformation and make the decision to leave this come hell or high water, seeing the 20s era idea of this creature, it was just great. So much of it. Here comes the hook. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Who's going on too long? <laughs> I'm leaving, and now I'm going to you guys to add him because I'm getting played off. Oh, man. 
Okay. Now, Ryan, did you want to say more on the thing? No, because I'll talk about it. I'll talk about when I talk about okay, like because I do want people to have their thoughts on each episode, yeah, it, but well, not why you put it on your list. But yeah. this is on our list as a group, so you can um, talk about it. Like, what was the highlights for you? For, I mean, for me, with this one, because we've we've in this season and the last season, we delved into in you know different dimensions and and we dabbled on it a little. And I don't mean that in a good way. We've <laughs> in, in the dab way, right? We, we've dab we've dabbled on it, you know, with with Oz and all these things. And I think this one ultimately gave us an idea of other dimensions with creatures that are much, 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 much stronger. And I think it's very inhuman. Yeah. Like, and I, and with the love, like you said, Thomas, with the Lovecraftian kind of feel to it and the tentacles coming out, some of the shots that we got in this episode were pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, the, all, all, all of the altar even, scenes, even the, v, the, the CGI, there were some it people giving good, it shit, dude. but I went back and looked at it on my HD television. Yes. Cause I watch everything on computer yeah. Uh, the shows, the episodes when I'm analyzing them and I don't like the way visual effects look like so, look Typically, like sometimes yeah. on my computer or mm-hmm. my iPad, but I blew it up on my HD television and it looked fucking great. The render job was amazing. I don't know what people were complaining about. The tentacles looked awesome. Yeah, I just, I think with this episode, the reason I put it number one is it added lore that I liked, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And, and, I, and I know that we, we, I mean, we we blow lore and stuff on the show, but it's very hard pressed for me to like certain lore. And I think this one for me was very very cool, and it kind of hit home. It was like, very different. It was different, and I and I'm 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 all for that. So that's why I threw this episode on my number one. And I just the visuals that I think we got from this episode and the colors. I don't know what it is about like the purple hues and purple and black hues when it comes to like stuff like that mm-hmm. that I liked. But for some reason, it just really struck a chord with me, and I was like, I really like this episode. I agree, and I think I think the colors, if you thought about it, it has a lot to do with uh, subconsciously. You're not made to think horror is dressed in bright, vibrant colors, and it kind of plays against that. And it gets, I think it almost makes it scarier in my mind, just because when you can see something, yes, the the whole not being able to see something is scary, and that's Mm -hmm. the whole part of horror, but sometimes when you can finally see that thing and you go, holy fuck, and I think that's what threw me off a little bit at first, and then I started thinking about like, that's, that's a really cool way of doing it. Like, hey, here's the monster. Guess what? There's not much you can fucking do. Well, and that's that's one of my favorite things about it. And it really does. It's so rare for something to tap into Lovecraft properly because the idea right. is not just tentacle monster. The idea is that you as a human are so inconsequential, so weak compared right. to other creatures out in the universe that your existence and everything you knew about it is irrelevant. I th- and in Glithir and Yokoth, it actually felt like in a world where humans are always the center point and Sam Dean can overcome gods and, and deities and anything. Right. For them to finally have no weapon against this well, I really did make you feel powerless. The, the thing that I, I drew most to it was the first Hellboy. Um, there was a, a yeah. lot of similarities between the monster and, you know, the monster at the, the end. The old ones. Or yeah, yeah, at the end of, of Hellboy. And I, and I, I always, that movie always struck with me. I always thought, I love that movie. Mm. So to see that kind of the same concept, I, I really dug. And I, so, I mean, that's why I threw it up there. I, I just sometimes like... It, the episode doesn't have to be amazing for me to go, holy shit, I really do like this. Thank you. It cut me off because <laughs> I was about to cut myself off. Anyways, yeah. Um, all right. So let's see here. You guys pretty much said it all, so I'll keep it very, very short. I, I agree with both of you. Uh, I think the only thing you didn't say was um, the extension of the Men of Letters lore. Uh, uh, and it just, yeah, it yeah, just yeah. goes to show you how great of an idea Carver is. had for the Men of Letters. 
Just what a great concept. The fact that every year you can pull something new that's connected to the men of letters in some yeah, way. Absolutely. And that's why I watch Supernatural. I know you're not the, the lore horror, Ryan, but that's the reason why I'm drawn to Supernatural all the yeah. time. Not yes, I love Sam and Dean, but what keeps me watching, of course, as well is the new introduction to to concepts and folklore. And I love it. Mm-hmm. And that's what this show, that's what this episode did for me. Also, of course, we went into the whole B film side of things. Right, and, right. And I love that shit. And yes, I, I have an affinity for certain types of shit horror. I love the old classic 60s and 70s B film era. Love it. And that also played a lot into that as well. AV, any additional thoughts you wanted to add on the thing? Uh, not really. I mean, it it didn't make my top five, but it was oh, definitely on, on my short list. And um, Asmodeus and Ketch <laughs> and, <laughs> and the um, the little chapter houses of the Men in Letters were my favorite parts because yeah. this was only yeah. one of seven. So there's so much more that we can see there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to your point, Mike, that's just all the potential we still have going forward. Yep. And right, I got to say, one. my favorite line of the episode was Asmodeus telling Ketch to not sass me. Don't sass me, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Next one. All right. <laughs> He's waiting for the music again. I'm dude. waiting for music. Just start. Get, get, Number just go. three, what we have idiot. Beat the Devil. <laughs> Five. Ryan just says, what an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just moving past it. Oh man, it's just it. You know, Thomas. It's funny, and then he's on Rain Man, and he can't read. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. Yeah. I run two other shows that I read just fine. Do on. you or does Bob? No, I, no, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm the lead host on those ones. All right, stop, everybody. All right, number three, beat the devil. My dick's bigger than yours. Episode twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I could come up with. Well done, Ryan. <laughs> An award for shittiest comeback goes to. He's our dad. My dad can beat him. Wow. That's mean. All right. Beat the Devil by Robert Barron's. Near the end of the season, that episode had so much going for it from bringing Lucifer's fear element back into it for a lot of us. Seeing the brothers Gabriel and Castiel finally go into the apocalypse world with some meaning. Seeing Sam's die randomly by a vampire was fucking that was, painful that was brutal the lighting yet, so effective so good how many times can sam and dean die and it still be effective yeah you, you would think like in the writing room i would say if i was in charge like no fuck that idea scratch that off right and yet can't do it again and yet it, they made it work yeah i wanted to break i'm glad you brought this up because for me even okay, so let's let's talk about even our retro reviews that we do. Okay, I know that the show is in the the thirteenth and fourteenth season, right? Mm-hmm. I know this, and I watch Sam and Dean die, and I'm like, "Fuck, yeah, <laughs> shit." <laughs> oh wait, oh uh, oh, they're okay, but like, right. effectively, how can you still pull off a main character death that you know that I should know that yeah. they're not, they're not going to die? It's mm-hmm. still emotional. And I'm like, still effective. Like yeah. that one was fucking and brutal. Seeing too. Dean's reaction, not just when it happened, but when Castile tells him he's gone, when he meets in, up with Mary. I mean, so much of that. And then the classic biblical Lucifer coming in, manipulating, making yep. a deal, what a deal telling him what he can do to save him. Choose me or choose. 
death again. Yeah. And he points to the the rabid vampires. It's such a good moment. Well, not just that. We also, we talked a length about the lighting of yeah. the tunnel, the oh, yeah. biblical symbolism that had where light and faith had to lead the way and you were just surrounded by darkness and death and fear and seeing Lucifer silhouetted underneath the light in that one. Yeah. So much of this episode was fantastic. There was a lot of thought. A Rocketed lot of thought. The, the main myth arc forward. We got to see some funny bits with Gabriel and Rowena. We got everything we wanted. Gabriel felt like himself again in a way that wasn't just kind of shoehorned because yep. he's tricking Lucifer and using his reality warping powers to capture him. Everybody's coming together. At and not that to point. mention the new lore of the vampires and what happens to them when they starve, when there's no... Yeah. When the 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 food chain is disrupted, the ecosystem of the monsters, man, it just there was so much packed into this episode, and it was paced very well. Yep. It felt so much like older episodes of Supernatural, the stuff we love, whether it was the emotional or the lighting and camera it work. It had everything. Fantastic. Avi, did you want to add anything to Beat the Devil? Um, it, Just that it was actually tied for my um, number five. Oh, all right. So look yeah. at look at us. So Everybody's far. kind of on roughly the same page. Yeah, Man, cool. Neat for us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to move on to number two now. Advanced Thanatology. This episode gave us some reworked or some answers to what happened to death all the way back in season ten. We got to see the inner workings of. I guess death's lair in some way with all the right. different ways people die. We got to see some truly great horror moments, whether it's how the ghost looked with that plague doctor's mask, Ugh. the horror of the drill noise going oh. back to the old days of cinematography yes. with those dark Fucking tones. lighting was great. Yeah. The reveal of the ghost is great. Seeing Dean just go through a, Oh, that was heartbreaking. Can't give a fuck attitude and not being able to get a win. Yeah, when that boy dies, it was emotional. It was artistically perfect. The lore is out the yeah. ass on this one. It was great. There were some. I mean, you had an issue with it. You almost didn't put this on your list, on your own list, um, for one reason. What was the one thing you didn't really like about it? No, this one was oh, on there. Th this one, okay. Funeralia was the one that I almost. Didn't oh, put okay, on. okay. Yeah, advanced anthology. Let me, let me I play it. myself off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I mean, the Plague Doctor alone is one of the best, I think, standalone shots they have this season. It was really it's good. It's fucking terrifying. It's just a dude in a mask. It was creepy, dude. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Super creepy. And seeing the end emotional outpouring with Castiel reuniting with Sam and Dean, that finally getting that win after so many episodes of pain for them, it you know, it had everything Supernatural gives us that we have come back to watch and love again and again and again the emotional resonance learning about the world seeing new interesting things and some great horror shit some great scary stuff in this episode yeah maybe do you have anything you want to add on advanced thanatology um no it was my number four so i'm right there with you look guys. at us dude Wow. Right there. We're in sync with our fans. <laughs> the fans of the show. All they right. know us so well. They love us. <laughs> All right. You ready for the next one? The first and the, the, the number, number one, right? one episode of season 13. I'm going to wait for the music to end. That's typically what you're supposed to do. <laughs>
episode 11 breakdown written by Davey Perez. This horrifying episode not only introduced some great new concepts for the world of Supernatural, was truly disturbing and made me squirm as I watched it. I was so fucking uncomfortable at certain points in this episode. It touched on not only Supernatural horror stuff, but things that could happen in the fucked up real world we live in. And seeing Brianna Buckmaster unleash her fangs, her claws, as Sheriff Donnan. And become a real character. Be a real because even though we've all loved Sheriff Donna, she was a bit of a parody. Of, she was always just more fun. And she was a parody of the Midwest. Yes. Yeah. She, and yeah. this was the episode that broke that. Yes. And she became a real person and a real character and a real addition to the team. It was good. I, and, and this episode's a work of art. Every scene the, yeah. and that interrogation, interrogation. Dude, holy shit. It's not just, amazing. Not just that, guys. I mean, I know that the visuals in the music. Yeah. The yeah. music is what creeped me the fuck out the most. And, and like the fact that he was playing that old forties, fifties style music, like it just oh, it's so, fantastic. so much like Jeepers Creepers. Yes, it just yeah. fucked with me, man. Well, and, like, and the harvester with that mask and just the inhuman, uh, not giving a shit as people are crying and begging for help in the so chair, creepy. doing that creepy drawn on smile on his mask. Oh yeah, dude. Everything <laughs> about it. That saw hostile. It was true horror. It's terrifying. Yeah, it was terrifying. And the idea that monsters are so much more rampant than they believed at this point. Learning that the ones that they hunt, the ones that get caught are the dumb ones. It's very true to that serial killer idea that we only catch the ones who are bad at it. Or narcissistic. But it might be our neighbor. It might be our mailman. It might be our coworker. That was so terrifying. That's the worst thing because it sticks with you. Yeah. It changed things up in a lot of ways. It, it, and I like that because we sometimes when you running on, you know, 13, 14 years, even on a show on five or six years, you start defanging your monsters. And it's the natural. fact yeah. that they managed to put the fangs right back at every single monster, werewolves, vampires, it doesn't matter what it is. All these monsters that were easily to kill and are, humans are the dumb ones. And yet now suddenly we find out that there are some terrifying vampires and werewolves and other monsters that we've kind of shrugged off as being weak and easy to defeat. And yet mm-hmm. they're secretly in hiding. They're amongst you. And I think the creepiest part of that, too, so good. was that it also showed how fucked up and evil humans are. And this is coming off of our season one discussion of the benders not Mm -hmm. too long ago, that man is truly the most horrifying thing because we come up with all these monster concepts, but that this guy's just sacrificing and selling off parts of living people for a profit. Yeah. In the chat room, uh, Jen says, this episode gave me real anxiety and was the first suspenseful episode of Supernatural I can recall in years. Same. I, I... I think there's been other episodes, but this did give me anxiety too. I was, this was hard for me to watch yeah. at a it certain point. Creepy, I was dude. genuinely disturbed, especially with the young girl involved and trying to rest. You're uh, racing against the clock to save her. You don't know if she's dead or not. Yeah. There's yep. just a lot of moments that, that keeps you, that brings you to and keeps you on the edge of your seat. And then on top of that, we have the Donna and her boyfriend, uh, Doug, that fallout. And showing that this hunter life isn't for everyone. And not everyone can stomach yeah, he, doing he, this every day. He wussed out. Yeah. It just brought realism <laughs> yes. to the world of Supernatural. And showing that not everybody can handle that. Not everybody can mm-hmm. pick up a gun, 
you know, load it with rock salt and go out and shoot some baddies. It's just yeah. not the lifestyle. Not everybody can take it. And it brought realism to it because that's exactly what would happen in real life. Just like not everybody yes. can storm the beaches of Normandy. It, it, it's the same thing with this. It, it brings a, a realism to it yep. that I never thought we really needed. Well, every, and it works so well. Yeah, and everyone likes to think that they could, oh, I'd give everything up to be a hunter or to live in the zombie apocalypse. But if you really had to do some of that shit, yeah. not no everyone way. can. No. You'd so. fail. Avi, what did you think about Breakdown? Uh, it was my other tie for five. Oh. Okay. So, it, she, so she had four, Avi, you had four out of five episodes. It seems like four out of five episodes that we had. Yeah, kind correct? of, because I, I technically had two for five, but um, yeah, so I okay, had which, four out of five. Oh, okay. Oh. Which one was on your list that we didn't have on ours? And we'll um, see if it matches one of our other choices. Let the ones. Good Times Roll. Okay, so the season finale. Yeah. And oh. mainly it was because of the interaction between Lucifer and Jack. That's definitely a highlight of that episode. Yeah, yeah I, I would yeah. agree. Yeah. That's what we yep. talked about a lot in that breakdown was that whole entire, you know, interaction. Their dynamic. Yeah. yeah. And the other one I had was um, the big empty. And mainly it was because I freaking love the cosmic entity and the VFX of what he looked like before he turned into Misha. Yeah. So, so this will get into the episodes that we all kind of which didn't agree on necessarily because the big empty was one of my favorites of this season as well. Also because I too loved the cosmic entity. I loved what it looked like. It was otherworldly and terrifying yet right. familiar. And I loved seeing Sam Dean and Jack go to therapy. Honestly, to see that pain and anguish be yeah, brought that was to really the forefront strong. of that yeah. episode to be what carried yeah. that episode more than anything else. And the heartbreaking realization that Sam never had a relationship with his mom that Dean always had a little bit of something he could look back at fondly, but Sam doesn't have that. And watching them go through this pain, that was one of the things that we all praised the first half of the season for, was keeping our characters in a state of emotional distress because it felt more real than just one episode and they moved past it. Right. And so that one was a big, that was one of my top ones as well. So, Ryan, going to go to you now. Which one didn't make... For you. So I knew when I put this on my list that you guys would. So we would. We would have a stroke. Would we disagree? We would have a stroke and have no muscular control of our mouth. Well, I've heard you guys both have strokes in here. I think we've all had strokes in here. Well, okay. But you know, it's true. I put Scooby Natural on mine, and here's why. I. Was it the greatest episode? No. And I know Mike still to this day thinks it's, you know, not part of Supernatural. Mm -hmm. But we have to look at what it was for what it was. Um, this episode brought a show that I would, besides you, because you're young, you, Thomas, Thomas. Thank you. I watched all kinds of Scooby-Doo. But I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, like, that's my childhood growing up. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure that's Mike's childhood growing up. I'm sure he watched a shit ton of Scooby-Doo. So for them... 13 years later to do a crossover with a show that's been running for what 30 years something like that yeah um and how legendary it is in the in the terms of crossovers and when we think about crossovers and things that have happened in tv it's pretty amazing for a show that's been on for 13 years to finally to get on scooby-doo 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so for me, there were so many funny scenes and so many like, and I know it was mostly member berries and stuff. You guys remember the team? You remember this? Like, I get that. But for me, I, I, in some shape and form, I do like member berries. Mm-hmm. Um, we all do. And I think, yeah, and yeah, I think it's tasty. pretty, yeah, they're tasty. I mean, like you, if you I don't like, like them in my butt sometimes, well, that's weird. <laughs> so it's like the South Park where you ingested your butt. This is like uber creepy scoop. So for that drop alone, I'm happy they did it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the best part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I, I had to put this one on my list. It was number four. Um, and I, I just enjoyed the episode. I sat there like a kid and I watched mm-hmm. two of my f- favorite shows together and I, and I enjoyed it. And I think, you know, putting, putting your, your top five together is hard in general. Oh yeah. And I think for me, I have to throw at least one or two on there that I enjoyed for myself, not because they were visually stunning or they had the greatest story Mm -hmm. or, you know, the overarching story of the whole season was involved, but it was just a fun episode. And I think, I think for me, this one had to go on there just because I was sitting there with this fucking smile on my face the whole time like giddy and i think that's why i had to put it on here and so for me that was my number four um and that was probably that and, and my number five were, were were the two differences um other than that uh we were pretty much the same um yeah. but yeah mike did you have any others that you felt were honorable mentions or close actually all my episodes made it on to the final five yeah Surprisingly, I, think I, I did not one. expect that because last year that didn't happen. I had two yeah. honorable mentions, but I don't have any honorable mentions th- because Thomas and I agreed on almost all the episodes, so they made the list. I think my number five was the other one that got Which was booted. Unfinished Business. With Gabriel, Gabriel. and the, the yeah. Norse mythology. Um, again, another one that I enjoyed only because I love Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed the Loki lore, the North the Norse mythology. Um, so for me, this was another guilty pleasure episode. I just love fucking uh, Gabriel because he's you amazing. You love fucking Gabriel. I made sure I added to the end of that. Thank you very much. That's uh, a new drop. God damn it. I oh, love well. fucking Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. I think that's all we need on that. Yeah, fuck you, Thomas. This place is like <laughs> uber creepy, Scoop. Fucking hate you guys. All right. So you, you say these things. We know. Yeah. <laughs> you bring it on yourself. I know. The It's all good. The next award for us is the best. Hey, hey, hey. Oh. Shit. You are a terrible announcer. I thought the music was going to come as I was talking. You got to like at least give me some setup here. You, you don't wow. just suddenly be like, "All right, now all of a sudden." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Thomas. The Crossroads best new war is The introduction of Yokoth and Glithir. Now, this one was a hard decision for all of us because there's a lot of interesting things lore-wise that in, were introduced to this season. Mm-hmm. A lot. A lot. However, this is one of the ones that was introduced and had a completion and served its purpose. And that's kind of how we came to this conclusion because yeah. people may shrug and be like, really? That's your favorite lore moment? But it's the only moment that was introduced, closed out, and it served its purpose. Yep. All the other new lore fizzled and came to nothing and didn't really add to the story. Yeah. That's kind that's of really the biggest determining factor. Yeah. Because there were, well, there were other things that were cool to us, whether it was the Norse mythology or the Shadim as a concept. Either they were over very quickly or they never amounted 
to anything. Because I would go with Shadim. If they actually served a purpose to yeah. the show, I would go Shadim. I was so fucking excited by that. Yeah, we were all, I think we were all pretty psyched about that. We were so giddy. Yeah, we were. <laughs> and unfortunately, we didn't get anything from it. However, with Yokoth and Glathir, we get that Lovecraftian element. We get something that serves the main story of finding the key of or the seal of Solomon. Mm-hmm. We get to see it all the way through to the end and it served its purpose. And for me in a little bit of a way, it also helped tied into some of the elements that were alluded to in season six with the Lovecraft episode, actually opening a portal to another realm and something slipping through like that. It does help make season six. I slip through sometimes. Sometimes you do make that fit a little bit better for us. And again, there were other things that, like, the cannons were a great idea, but unfortunately, and were so fucking cool looking, that too. That might have taken number one for me as well. It if would have. Wayward Sisters would have been picked up. Yes. Unfortunately, right now, it's just an open, Gaping possibly idea. Asshole. It's a, <laughs> Holy shit. That's it's a, a possible idea. It's We have no idea if that's going to come to anything i'm sure they'll eventually touch on it but it won't because they're gonna have Look, to wrap up it, some it of that won't wayward be what stuff. it could have been no not even they'll eventually come <laughs> i don't know some some of us don't hear apparently <laughs> one time <laughs> so you say now uh, oh jesus christ so that one took best new lore for us uh av did you have anything different for you that what was your favorite new introduction this season did you have anything different no, I just wish that the Shadim had been done something with. Realized. There was just so much potential there. I'm, and it, especially because it looked like they didn't have, they didn't need like a meat suit. That was one thing I remember us talking about at length. Yep. They looked like they were these own entities. Kind of the old, uh, what Kripke was doing in the first season of Supernatural. Introducing demons that were not necessarily in need of meat suits. They right. can operate amongst Outside our world it. without them. Yeah. So that that goes to Yokoth and Glithier for the best new lore. Hmm. He actually waited for the music. The Crossroads <laughs> top two writers are Robert Barons and Davy Perez. And this is not choosing them as the top two wasn't the difficult part, but deciding which one's who, number one? Who is number one if there is a number one was the difficult part. Because Davey Perez, holy shit, that guy's becoming I one of my favorite writers. Him, I get excited when I see that he is writing an episode. He is so good. He's and dope. really for quick, being, too. Yes, yes. And, and for being so young and new in the business, able to churn out these types of episodes, it shows that he is so in sync with Supernatural and that this guy actually enjoys the show as a fan. Because only fans yeah. can write episodes like this when it comes. I hate to say that because I don't like fan service. Right. But, or thinking every fan can write. But there is a benefit to being a fan of being something a writer when you're involved also in a it. fan. Yeah. yeah. And I think the, the thing that also stands out is he truly appreciates and understands horror. Absolutely. American Nightmare is terrifying. And one of our favorite episodes from season 12. Mm-hmm. Yep. Breakdown is fucked up. And one of our favorite episodes from this season. I mean... That was the the strength of the episode, including the thing. He takes the different reproaches, whether it's true deep web, fucked up, hostile and saw stuff, or if it's more the B-movie schlock with the thing and the Lovecraftian elements, he understands different facets of it. Now, while the, and that gave us our be- favorite episode breakdown of this season, we also had Tombstone, though, which 
while it was great from Jack's development as a character, it did feel a little bit more fun, more funny, goofy with the cowboy element. I had fun with it, but it just felt kind of out of left field. Yeah, Even it's a though very it, distinct tonal shift between yeah. episodes. Now, we during the episode discussion, we did say it worked because Castiel was involved and this is the win that cat that dean Dean needed needed. so it did make sense that he would be more giddy more like the old dean but i think it was really fast Uh, it was too 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 much on the heels of morbidly depressed suicide attempt yeah it was a flip yeah yeah Yeah. and so unfortunately that part didn't work so well for us but it doesn't make jacks is still fantastic in that episode him accidentally killing somebody yeah and you know these writers are assigned things hey make it like this Right. We want this to be fun, lighthearted. And Davey probably said, all right, it's a paycheck. I'll give you lighthearted. I like dark and <laughs> but whatever. good. I like dark and good, but hey, Dab, I'll give you shit. We know oh, that's what you like. Just man. a dab of shit. Just oh. a dab. Oh, dumb. Then our other favorite for years now, Robert Barron's did a fantastic job this episode, this season with not just Beat the Devil, which had so many biblical illusions and brought Lucifer's fangs back for a lot of fans in a lot of different ways. Seeing having an effective death as you said ryan of sam and dean at this point still hitting you even though you know better and you still know there's episodes left of this season works he he understands how to craft a story from both a narrative standpoint from illusions and allegories from a just consistently in cinematography he's just always on point the only thing that weakened it a little bit and this is why we don't have a one and two for these guys is because Two of his three episodes were for Wayward Sisters, both Patience and the actual Backdoor Pilot. Which he handled like a pro. Which he did fantastically. He, but the a pro, pro, dude. The problem, again, is that unfortunately it didn't get picked up. So while those are great standalone episodes for the season as a whole, they unfortunately don't mean much now. Yeah. And it's such a shame. It's such a shame how much of a ramification that is. Yeah, I, I talked to him briefly about it, and he just said it was such a gut punch. I can't like, imagine it would be anything he, less. He, and you get the you get the idea that he's a little depressed about it, which I I understand, man. You, yeah, totally you dedicate a year and a half to, to setting idea. something up, and then it just doesn't amount to anything. Yeah, that's, that's not that's, that's so shitty. I feel for him. Yeah, yeah. Avi, did you disagree or have any other writers that really did it for you this season? No. Whenever I heard you guys introducing the. Um, category my first thought was robert barons automatically i mean he would be (laughs) my number one and going back to the whole wayward sisters tying it in blah 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 the three episodes i actually sat down and binge watched the season um this past weekend on netflix and once you start watching it back to back those episodes really don't stand out as something that doesn't belong. And I think, okay, okay, they might have plot holes left open, but to be able to tie them in so securely to the rest of the storyline, I think is just an amazing job. So you think that they, it still works, even though wayward sisters didn't get picked up. You feel like because you watched them back to back, that it does work still. It does. It really does. They okay. they flow together really well and they tie into, you know, the the main story of the first half of the season, I think, really well. Uh, Maybe something that we have to do over the summer is binge watch more Supernatural. Yeah. See oh, if it still works oh, for us. Oh, gee whiz. Darn. 
We'll have to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> oh my god. That's my fault now. <laughs> god. Oh, I suck. Oh my god. Hey, I, I admit when I'm wrong. No, it's just funny. The Crossroads top two directors of the season are Eamon Catterali and Phil Segrecia. Oh my god. I did got you it just right. fucking, fucking say his it. name right? Yeah. I think he deserves an award now. No shit. Can we give him an award? What what award would we give him? The not the I don't know. Most non mook moment of the year non mook there we go god it's amazing now both of these directors did a fantastic job caterali on breakdown is a beautiful episode so well done so much symbolism woven throughout giving us a dark feeling and it was one of the few episodes i felt like back in season one and two we talked about this at length that the world feels dark even the daytime shots are dark this is a fucking dark and depressing world and breakdown right, brought down there with dark, dark breakdown this and dark that. from the fucking dc universe brought that vibe back in this episode it works in so many ways seeing the interrogation room with the mirrors and the 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 halo around the priest's head so much of it felt effective in ways that you can really only experience by seeing it it's really not enough to just talk about it and then what with, if you're blind then you read the book oh, okay. with Braille. Braille, as I say, you better put Braille. At the end yeah. of that. How, do you see, how do you see visual subtext if you're blind? Your well, imagination. Uh, they actually have a Braille. We should get Stevie Wonder on the show. See what he <laughs> What? What? Now. <laughs> you can't see, but apparently right. I was only doing that for a, you guys. I wasn't doing that for anybody else. He was, he was being Stevie Wonder. Oh, my God. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> you laughed. I didn't say I didn't laugh. Now, Phil Segrecia directing Beat the Devil again. We've talked about at length that the tunnel scene is perhaps one of my favorite and the most memorable, one of the most memorable from this season. And he's also very consistent. Yes. It just works every time. It's like with Robert Barron's and Davey Perez's writers. When I see these directors, I get excited for the episode more than I normally would. Director for The Bad Place midseason finale and Wayward Sisters backdoor pilot. Both episodes we liked. Just everything about him has always been consistent on this show for as long as he's been a part of the show. It's it's fantastic. Each one of those episodes were so good with the cinematography, telling the story, bringing it to life. It just felt like something different. It felt more special in some way to me. So, all right, Av, thoughts on top director? Bill Sagricia, all the way. All right, there you go. There you go. Yeah. The Crossroads Special VIP is Special Makeup Effects Coordinator Ben Carruth, who did the Canids from Wayward Sisters, who did the Vampires from Beat the Devil. So much of the real true-to-life prosthetics and makeup and special effects in that way in this season Bringing back the old, the old flair of Supernatural by utilizing prosthetics mixed with CGI. That's the way to Some go. Fucking vampires getting their heads blown off with a shotgun. Just amazing. Amazing work. It looked great. And it brought so many new ideas to life and made them feel far more terrifying than they perhaps would have if we went just a CGI route. Or if somebody with 
a little bit less talent was even at the helm. I, I'm still blown away by the cannons. Dude, they're my fucking I favorite. I mean, just an amazing job. Even the concept, I forget the the young lady that actually put together the design right. for the early drafts of the concept. Uh, but even the work that she did. Mary Mansion. Yes. Thank that's you. That's it. Just amazing job that she did as well. And then Ben taking her design and making it come to life. That's that's the synergy that makes mm-hmm. Supernatural so well. Seeing these all these players work together to deliver something unique. 13 years in, deliver something unique that, and refreshing and and bringing back the member berries. You know, Ryan was talking about that. And, yeah. and we admitted that we all like it from time to time. Um, and this is one of those things that you can always utilize, bringing back that old uh, vibe from the uh, the 1960s and 70s horror prosthetics and KY jelly for uh, drool, like alien monster and mm-hmm. predator. Those old effects to this day, you pop in those movies and they still hold up. Yep. You mm-hmm. pop in a visual effects sequence from 2005. Oh, it God. does not hold up. But Ugh. you put in a movie from look the at, 70s and 80s. Look at the thing. John Carpenter's The Thing versus the remake yeah. CGI mess. Just amazing. So to see them utilize the... Uh, the um, All the true abilities yeah. of film to their potential is, is fantastic. And yeah. it comes to life. It makes everything feel more real and immersive. And that's why he gets VIP of the so, year. So I just like... I know that we picked this guy for VIP, but I just would like to add honorable mention Jensen and Jared for not quitting the show because death. Oh, come <laughs> on. Is that, is that too much? Jesus God. It's positive. I, I was just, I was play him off. Don't play me off. <laughs> I am going to stand here and keep talking about how great Jensen and Jared are and how much that they are so honorable for staying on this Security. show. We want to thank everyone for coming to the show tonight. <laughs> Will you take care of this fucking guy? He's worse than Kanye. I can't say that. Hey, I'm going to let you finish. But Jensen and Jared got VIP of all time. <laughs> oh, my Love God. Love you, Kim. All oh, right. Jesus so, God. Thomas, last, last is our new rankings. The new rankings for all the seasons. For, which was hard to do. Yeah. It was hard to do to re-rank those. And people are going to notice, and I think Thomas and I are probably the same on this, that seasons one through five are kind of interchangeable. It really depends on how we it's feel. It's your personal choice yes. on what you want. But it's always in the top five. Yes. One through five. One through five. Yeah, you <laughs> might as well, not, you might as well start at si- your number, <laughs> number six. And they change based on my mood, feeling. based on how I feel that week. The, the, the gravitational pull of the fucking, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Like but where you, your period's at. Oh. If it's a high flow or a light flow. Leaning. Yeah, left or right. You know, if it's like pushed back in you, it might be a oh different, it might be a different. That's wow. just uncomfortable. What? I have no you've had idea a, how you've he had got. A, you've had an Eddie before. He just went all over the fucking map with that one. You've had an Eddie. Don't act like you haven't. I, what? <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I'll go with. All, all right. right. So who wants to go first? You want Ryan to go first? I, I'm not going first. Mike, I don't even have this I done. Think, I think you should go first. Who, me? Yes. Honestly, Mike, I'm not going to lie. I think you speak for... Because I want to hear your thoughts and I want to see what we have to change, if anything. All right, here we go. That's actually a good point. Here we go. I don't have it. Oh, you piece of shit. I thought I was going to wing this one. AV's thoughts might change my mind a bit. So let her go first. No, hold on. Put her on the spot. Only only because of what she just said about binge watching. Um, Right. However, okay, my new season ranking. This is how it goes. One... Two, four, three, five, six, eleven, eight, seven. Which, by the way, seven has moved up. Oh my god! Because I went back and watched it, 
And <laughs> oh, what a great reason to move it back no, up! No, I went back and rewatched, and it's actually not a bad season. When you t- after watching seasons twelve okay. and thirteen, you Full go back. Disclosure, Mike. Are, Almost you agree? all of this is the same okay. as mine. All right, let me start over. I moved seven up as well. Yeah, it's not that bad. I rewatched I really, it, and it's, it's the, the only thing that's a deal breaker you know is the terrible CGI is. of the Leviathan. That's the and th- the dicking around for too Mike, long. Mike, yeah. just just speak for everyone here. Okay, just, one, two, four, three, five, six, eleven, eight, seven, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen. I can't disagree with this. Like the My, only thing that seven is still for me. I just I, that CGI man. See, it does that the Leviathan does from bad. from your last six are the exact same for me. In that they go seasons eight, seven, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Now let me justify a little bit here. Now seasons one through five, like I said, interchangeable. My my number one may not be season one next year. It may be season four. However, I, I feel like those five seasons are the best seasons of Supernatural. Uh, Gamble's seasons are not that bad. Season six has always been number six. That's the one that never changes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Carver's eight moved up this year because I rewatched season eight. And the way he started his chapter was fucking strong. This is a guy that was struggling to bring Supernatural back to greatness after season seven, season seven's lackluster splash. Yeah, it didn't didn't bode well with the fans and he had a lot of work to do and he managed to close that season off like a. Like a boss, like it was well done. New lore, men of letters lore, just fantastic to this Mm -hmm. day. We can use it. Uh, and the only reason why season 12 is above season 13 is because of Wayward Sisters. And not because I wasn't a fan of it. I was an avid fan. Look at our Twitter feed. You'll know this. Mm-hmm. It's because it didn't amount to anything. You spent 11 episodes, for the most part, prepping Wayward Sisters. And then, unfortunately, it didn't get picked up. Now, that's not the fault of the writers. But ultimately, it becomes a factor when I'm looking at what works and what doesn't. And season 12, the last five episodes of season 12 were fucking strong. Yeah. That whole buildup, it was really, yeah. really good. And I feel like this season, the last two out of three episodes were strong for the finale. Right. You had Beat the Devil, Exodus, that which was mediocre. Mm. And then you had Let the Good Times Roll, which was a strong finale. But we didn't have that strong finish. In right. fact, episodes 15 through, I want to say 20, we yeah. were we were struggling with. Yeah. I mean, for me, so much of what you said is exactly the same. My difference is I have season five and four always will hold a special place in my heart. So I have them as one and two. And then two, three, and one are all kind of interchangeable. I have 11 over six only because... While six has so many fucking ideas that I absolutely love, mm-hmm. I hate how it shifts gears and drops some of them by the end of it. Whereas, but Thomas, it doesn't do a dab. Meaning, because it doesn't do a dab. I, I saw people comparing it, and it's not. No, to, it's you different. can't compare it because Gamble didn't introduce ideas that didn't that weren't used. They were all used. Were they used in three or four episodes and never gone back? Yes, but they were introduced and they were used. They didn't fizzle an amount to nothing. Right. That's the difference between Gamble and Dab. The reason I have season 11 over six is because that finished a great epic story with the darkness, with the return of God. I mean, for me, the difference is simply that 11 finished what it was saying and six, unfortunately, shifted gears at the end. And so many of the things ended what I felt prematurely. But I agree with you with 13, unfortunately, being at the end, not so much because of Wayward Sisters specifically, although that is a huge factor. 
It's that while with 12, I didn't know where the fuck we were going. The last half, it all kind of it, it, it it ultimately yeah. made yep. sense. Yep. Yeah. With 13, I look back at so much of what was introduced and ask, where did that go? Why is that how that ended? What is going to happen with this? It's what was so the many, thought process? Yeah. It's so many mistakes in some ways of where it didn't finish the idea where Asmodeus introduces Gabriel and Gabriel is introduced only to defeat Asmodeus. That hamster wheel of a plot that goes nowhere hurts it more than anything that I felt was silly and didn't agree with in season 12. I don't agree with POTUS and how they ended the Thule. Right. But at least those things ended and served to bring Jack about. It's it's like, I think in these seasons, it's one thing to bring something up and shelf it. Yeah. And it's another another thing thing to bring it up and 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 drop it it completely and drop it completely. So it's weird while I love 13's ideas and I love Jack. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work as a season. Ryan, your thoughts with anything that differs and your thoughts on the final. I I think the only thing for me was just where I rank season seven, to be honest. I just, it's so, typically I don't judge seasons based on some kind of CGI or anything like that because the overall story, and I do like the story in season seven. I just, that CGI, for some reason, it just, to this day, sticks with me Um, because the overall story in season seven wasn't really that bad. I just... I don't know, man. I, I can't get past it. See, it, when I look back at it, that's the thing is why it bumps up for me compared to seasons like nine and ten. Yeah. I remember the Leviathans. I remember the death of Cass and I remember the death of Bobby and I remember the tablets and all the stuff that came with that and the new threat that nobody could really fight against. With ten, I remember Rowena. And right. the mark being a threat. I, I didn't have a problem with Carver's run, like in retrospect. No, I, 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 fact, I we just, were pretty positive we during were all those pretty, shows. We were pretty it's positive. It's not that yeah. it's bad. It's just it doesn't a, stand out as much. No, it doesn't stand out when you compare it to Kripke's run and, and even some of Gamble's. But it's not bad writing. There's correct. there's talent behind correct. the leadership. And let's be honest. It, it doesn't matter who runs the show. If they have a, a catchy last name, we'll make up some kind of fucking thing about them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, let's just be honest. Well, like, what if Barron's takes over? What are we going to do? Will we Baron's be barren the episodes? Oh, oh, Jesus! That's that that terrible. That's just what I, what I came off the top of my head. So, okay? Thomas, because I missed, mm. it, I was trying to get some air in the studio yeah, like, because God. it's 111 degrees it out right now. Yes. No joke. Um, <laughs> Holy fuck! You put season 13 at the bottom as well. I did. Okay. I I, I love the what? ideas in it more than 12s, yeah. but the execution is just a. It was a really mess. hard for me because I think it's if, tough. if Wayward Sisters would have been picked up, I. Would it would have been better. Season 13 would not have been at the bottom. Uh, Jack also was so good. And that's why I'm so torn putting it at below season 12 because Jack is such a good addition to the show. Mm-hmm. There's not one problem. Every time Everything that, about that him kid is, is on screen is a home run. But the, the overall execution. Is but just, a home run in a game you still lose by 20 is still a lost game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Avi, what about you? Do you have your ranking that you want to share? Um, one through five is one through five. Um, six, <laughs> <I> will, <laughs> uh, six season six is probably at, at um, number six for me as well. Um, mainly because of uh, Solus Sam. Um, he was amazing, and I loved that whole storyline. Um, I agree. Eleven is probably at number seven for me. Um, it's. If it wasn't for seasons one through five, it would probably be one of my favorite absolute mm-hmm. 
um, seasons of all time. Yeah. I would, I would have to put, um, so it probably goes six, 12, eight, and then nine, and then, um, yeah, 10, 12, 13. Wow. Okay, now over to the chat room. Uh, Jen put season two, four, eleven, five, three, one, eight, six, nine, ten, a seven, twelve, thirteen. So it's all pretty much the same. It's it's for very the most similar. Part. Uh, it's Ace, either Ace in the chat room puts season four, five, two, eleven, three, one, eight, nine, ten, six, twelve. 13 and then seven is last. See, it, it really does. It's either Kripke's run yeah. with 11 perhaps jumping somewhere in the middle there or coming right after Kripke. Season six is in the middle. It's with very eight. similar. Everyone seems to be okay with and season then, eight, nine, and 10. They're kind of like the latter half, but I think there's, yeah. I honestly think there's a big gap between nine, 10, wherever they land. Right. And then 12, 13, seven, depending on where you rank those. I Again, I think that seven has so much memorable stuff. It's that the CGI was poor for the time and they they faff about. Imagine if uh, Ben was on season seven. Ben Carruth. And he oh brought my God. If and he the, brought Leviathan the Leviathan were like prosthetics. Life. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, that would have be been amazing. Dope. Yeah. I would actually it probably would have been something like a predator canid mouth damn oh that would have been fucking cool you know you can go back and do that if they ever wanted to bring the leviathan back like well first off i think uh, adam w brought he i want to say two seasons ago there was a flashback of a leviathan yeah. i want to say yeah I, I, I remember, season eight, remember it looked okay it looked different yeah. it looked i was like well that doesn't look nearly as bad no. as, Dude, as season seven did. honestly if they would have in that season if they would have done practical effects for that it would have Could you imagine? It, oh, like, God. Think of Dick Roman. Imagine. <laughs> I think the, of Dick a lot. Okay. Oh, Roman. Dick right. Roman. Oh, okay. Imagine their. <laughs> oh, my imagine God. That's their something face, I would say. I know. Kind of like uh, Stephen King's It, the new movie. Yeah. The face splitting down the middle and like tendrils and prosthetic mandibles you can't coming tell out. Me. That was that exactly what I was going to say. Think cool. of the episode. Uh, the it, the name just went right out of my head. The one with the um the therapist and the shapeshifter. As Dean pulls his face off, yeah, Ooh, yep. yeah, that's I what about I was that. thinking that was, with that the Leviathan. That was the big empty. You can't tell me that a CGI would cost less than doing a practical effect like that. Not less time. Time is money yeah, and prosthetics, yeah. and that's yeah. a lot of fucking work. That's a lot of prosthetic. Yeah. That's the only difference because you're you're absolutely right. But when you take factor in time. When you're putting together a produ- production budget, the producer it will pull their hair out yeah. if you take up too much time to do something. That's a good point. I just, especially too back when that those episodes aired. Ah, damn. Yeah, yeah. I would have right. been fantastic. Well, I think we're almost done, right? That in conclusion, what final thoughts on the season? Or you think we're done? We're I, done, right? We're done. Yeah, I think we're pretty much done. I think everyone knows where we stand with this season. The the mix, the missed potential with some of it, and what we wanted to see. And unfortunately the wayward sisters throws a bit of a wrench in it. Although to AV's credit, or she says in her opinion, it doesn't. So perhaps we need to rewatch it over the summer. We've got the time. That's a fair. Maybe we'll do that. And yeah. then um, maybe have a, a preview show to season season 14. 14. There you go. And a just, recap. Yeah. There we go. 
So that's going to do it, I think, here for Supernatural The Crossroads. A.B., thank you for being on and sharing your thoughts with us this evening. Thank you, guys. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And as we said, guys, we have so much more stuff coming out throughout the summer to help you get through Helatus, not just regular shows, but Patreon. If you are interested in all that additional content, we have something for every price option. Yeah. Head on over to patreon.com slash Digital, and we will see you all throughout the summer. And we're about to start a video cast right now. If you now. are on the video cast tier, we're going to get into that episode right after this. So tune in. Otherwise, we will see you all next time. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.